Engaging presentations on the most urgent problem of our day and what you can do about it. Now, the End Abortion Podcast by Priests for Life. Friends, welcome on this Lord's Day to our time of prayer and scripture together. It is great to have you with us. Please do leave your comments and leave your prayer intentions in the comments if you wish. I want to pray for you as specifically as possible. I want to invite all of us to pray for each other. God bless you for being here and for helping us always to expand our our online audience. Let's delve into the Word of God. Let's put ourselves in His presence and... uh, Let us have inspiration during this time to proclaim his gospel of life. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Lord, your word is the word of life. Make us not ashamed of the gospel. Make us aware of our duty to proclaim it. And may we never make it a matter of personal boasting. Bless us now, Lord, as we repent again of our sins. Our repentance is a joyful act does not depress us or discourage us. No, it lifts us up. It makes us wiser. It makes us trust more in you. It makes us a better example to others of humility and of the courage to to press forward on the way of holiness, despite whatever failings or sins we've had in the past. Bless us, Lord, and help us. And may we now understand your word more deeply, live it more effectively, proclaim it more ardently through Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. A reading from the first letter of St. Paul to the Corinthians. Brothers and sisters, if I preach the gospel, this is no reason for me to boast, for an obligation has been imposed on me, and woe to me if I do not preach it. If I do so willingly, I have a recompense, but if unwillingly, then I have been entrusted with a stewardship. What then is my recompense? That when I preach, I offer the gospel free of charge, so as not to make full use of my right in the gospel. Although I am free in regard to all, I have made myself a slave to all, so as to win over as many as possible. To the weak I became weak, to win over the weak. I have become all things to all, to save at least some. All this I do for the sake of the gospel, so that I too may have a share in it. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Friends, we preach a gospel that we belong to. It's not so much that the gospel is entrusted to us. It is. Like Paul says, we have a stewardship. The word has been proclaimed to us. The word has been received by us. We understand what it is. It's not a creation of our own. We'll get back to that in a moment. And we proclaim it as a a fulfillment of this stewardship. The Lord is relying on us, even though he could just appear in the sky and just announce his gospel to everybody. He chooses to do so differently. He works through us. But it is not so much that it is entrusted to us. We are entrusted to it. We are entrusted to Jesus Christ, who is the gospel, who is the word made flesh. 
This perspective of us being entrusted to the gospel is so important, especially in our day, because it reminds us the gospel is bigger than we are. And that's where I want to delve into this. I do not boast. This is not a reason for me to boast. What does he mean? Why would people boast about proclaiming the gospel? Well, some people just want to say, I'm holier than thou. They have this need to just appear more pure, more religious, more holy than everybody else. Now, don't get me wrong. A lot of people who are genuinely holy and sincerely religious certainly will appear to be more religious and holy than others because they actually are. But they don't boast about it. And sometimes the boasting is silent. We're not just talking about boasting out loud. We're talking about boasting in our hearts. If you go into any kind of setting and you think you're the most holy or religious person there, leave that setting. You don't want to be there. Because this is not the judgment we should make upon ourselves. Okay, that's one thing. But another aspect of this boasting is that we think it's our own message. And this is something that infects the church today. We have people proclaiming things. I don't have to tell you. You know it as well as I do. We have people proclaiming things that are just inconsistent with the gospel. Or inconsistent. And I'm talking about religious preachers and teachers saying things that the church has never held or never believed. And they think that they, that they can just get away with this by explaining with pages of theological justification, why this is the case. And, and you know, this is a boasting. It's like, oh, b- uh, but please, you know, they, they give us these explanations as to why they know more about this than we do. And they say, oh, please, you know, w- w- uh, uh, trust in what we're saying. Listen to what we're saying. Let us let you in to our secret knowledge. Look how good, look how smart we are. Please, just go away. We don't need this kind of garbage. The gospel or the explanation of the gospel is not some kind of personal invention of any of us. We got those who who try to, well, I might not use those words, but this is in effect what they're doing. They're saying something that, you know, strikes us as, wait a minute, that's not not in line with the gospel. And then they put themselves on some kind of pedestal and just start explaining away all all the contradictions. This is no reason for me to boast. Why? Because I have nothing to do with it. This is Jesus speaking his word. I, I become, we become a humble instrument of that. That's all. Now, nor should we be ashamed. You know, elsewhere, Paul says, I am not ashamed of the gospel. So sometimes people are silent about the gospel through shame. Oh, I'm going to look silly. Oh, I'm going to look... I'm, I'm, yeah, the gospel turns the values and, 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 and systems of thought of this world upside down. Of course it does. There's no reason to be ashamed, though. Yeah, you're going to be different. You're going to be a sign of contradiction. Not ashamed. Why should you be ashamed of that? So Paul is, he navigates between two extremes. Virtue is always the middle between two extremes. We don't want to be boastful. We don't want to be ashamed. We've got to be clear and consistent. Compelled! The love of Christ compels us, Scripture says. Woe to me if I do not proclaim the gospel, Paul says. I think back to August 15th of 1993, over 30 years ago now, 
John Paul II is preaching in Denver, Colorado to the World Youth Day celebration. And he quotes this line of St. Paul, Woe to me if I do not preach the gospel. And he said to those young people, Have that spirit within you and bring the gospel to the highways and byways, into the public places. And then he was speaking to them about this in the context of the gospel being the gospel of life. Now this was August of 93. The the encyclical, what later became the encyclical, the gospel of life, Evangelium Vitae, was in preparation during those very days. It came out in March of 95. But John Paul II then applied this to the pro-life effort of the church, and he said to those young people, Woe to you if you do not preach life. Woe to you if you do not succeed in defending life. Now sometimes people will say, quoting Mother Teresa, Oh, well, you know, it's not that God calls us to be successful, but to be faithful. And that is a truth we have to keep in mind when we fail. It's like, Were my efforts wasted? Of course they weren't wasted. If you were faithful to God in trying to do the right thing and in trying to bring about the right results, you advanced, you succeeded in your growth in holiness and faithfulness to Him. But that line is also misused to try to dampen intense efforts. It's meant to encourage us, if we fail to achieve a certain effort, we have been faithful, God calls us to be faithful. Of course, He doesn't guarantee results. But we better be striving for results. And we better be striving for results in a smart way. And with the compulsion Paul talks about here. Woe to me. John Paul II said to those young people, Woe to you if you do not... He didn't say woe to you if you do not try to proclaim and defend life. Woe to you if you do not succeed. Why? Because then the nation falls apart. This nation is under threat right now. By the Democrat Party, by the left-wing Marxists, it's under threat by the abortionists and the abortion industry. Which is very much one and the same with the Democrat Party. But woe to us if we do not succeed, because then people are harmed way beyond the actual millions and tens of millions of babies that are killed. People are harmed way beyond that too. The whole nation is harmed. We're harmed. Woe to us if we do not succeed. And then Paul says, and I just want to say a quick word on this section of the reading, I have become all things to all people. Now that's, that, that verse is used in a lot of ways that have nothing to do with what Paul is really saying. And sometimes that verse is used to justify actually departing from the gospel, which is kind of ridiculous because the context in which the, the, the sentence is said by Paul is precisely so that he might succeed in transmitting the gospel, right? He's transmitting the gospel. So you're not going to betray the gospel in the course of transmitting it. And why do I say this? Because, oh, I've become all things to all people. So, you know, if people have some kind of cultural practices, let's say, that are contrary to the gospel, you know, you know, permit those or go along with those. You know, worship, worship Pachamamas because you want to appeal to that particular type of people. You got it wrong. Becoming all things to all people means you understand and you connect with them. But the gospel, and, and, the, and, and there's so many different ways of, you know, the, the cultural traditions of Christianity are many and varied. This is not some kind of cookie cutter where it always sounds the same, looks the same, feels the same. No, we, the, 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 the gospel as it, as, it, as it goes through the world incorporates and, 
elevates and utilizes and speaks through so many, just like so many different languages. Remember Pentecost, everybody heard the message in their own tongue, but it was the same message. And it was challenging them because then Peter said, when they said, what are we to do? Peter said, repent. To understand what's being said here. Just as it's proclaimed in many languages, it's expressed in many cultures. There are many different forms of Christian music. There are many different forms of Christian liturgy. There are many different forms of Christian art. Many different forms. But there's a boundary line somewhere, and, and sometimes it's a delicate matter to try to see exactly where, but there is a boundary line between the necessary identification and even merger with different cultures. you got to meet people where they are. So Paul says, to the weak I became weak. In other words, I'm not going to go preach from, to the weak and, and pretend that I'm never weak myself. I'm going to show them and tell them, hey, look, I'm one of you. Uh, and then to all people, you, 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 you connect with you. Pope Francis, one of the good things that he said was about, you know, we have to, as we interact with the, with the, with the, the, the uh, people of God, and a shepherd interacts with the flock, he's got to have the, 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 the smell of the sheep on his, on his clothing. In other words, you've literally rubbed elbows with them. We've got to be in amongst the people. So many, I've, I've, I've dealt with so many religious leaders, they are clueless about what the people think and how they feel, why they feel that way. The very people over whom they have authority, religious authority, and their decisions affect these people, and they don't know the people. They don't know what in the world they're talking about or what they're feeling or thinking or saying. You can't be that disconnect. I've become all things to all people. People have to look at their religious leaders and at the people who are proclaiming the gospel to them. And even if you're not a religious leader, I'm talking about everybody, the people to whom we go and and want to bring the loving message of, of Christ's salvation have to look at you and recognize you as one of them. That's what Paul is saying. What he's not saying is, Oh, well, because I want to preach the gospel to this group of indigenous people who worship Pachamama, I'm going to put a statue of Pachamama there and worship it myself. How utterly ridiculous. The gospel, which enters into different cultures, challenges and transforms those different cultures. The message of Pentecost expressed in the different languages led to a common repentance, baptism, and reception of the one and the same Holy Spirit leading them to the one and the same truth of the one and the same Jesus Christ who is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Woe to me if I do not proclaim the gospel. Woe to me if I do not defend life. Woe to me if I do not do everything possible today to bring everyone possible into the saving grace of Christ. Amen. Father, thank you for this call to participate with you in proclaiming your word. It's a tremendous privilege. And we proclaim your word, Lord God, because we love you and we love our neighbor. Because we love you, we want you to be known and loved by others. Because we love our neighbor, We want them to connect with the riches of love that you bring, the riches of mercy that you offer. We want them to have the best, and the best is your gospel, 
and your spirit and your salvation. So Lord, in love for you and in love for others, we are compelled to proclaim the gospel. May we do it faithfully and with joy each day. And we now sum up our prayers in offering the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Thanks, friends. Continue to invite others to uh, watch our, our programs. And you know the website at which you can see all these different scripture reflections is thebibleandabortion.com. Refer people there. Go back and see past episodes, thebibleandabortion.com. And thank you so much. We will talk to you again uh, tomorrow. Hello, I'm Dr. Alveda King, board member of Priest for Life. More money is being spent in America to kill babies in the womb than to save them. Together, we need to change that. And today, I want to invite you to support our work at Priest for Life. Why ours rather than other groups? Because we have a unique team that helps lead in every arena of the fight against abortion. And we activate the churches where you find people who are most likely to get involved in that fight. To awaken a pastor about abortion is to awaken thousands of people he serves. We do not receive church funding or government grants. We rely on you for individual donations. We have a very high evaluation among charities and top security on our donation site, ProLifeGift.org. You can go there for a one-time gift or to become a monthly donor or you can call us at 321-500-1000. This has been the End Abortion Podcast. To learn more, to help end abortion, and to connect with us on social media, visit endabortion.net.